0: Uh, Six months ago, as you're kind of getting that and looking at it, we can talk about it later this morning. Six months ago, God spoke to my heart, and He said, I'm bringing renewal to Kingwood Church. I'm going to do spiritual renewal in Kingwood Church. Now, what I've been trying to figure out since uh, last summer is exactly what does that mean. Now, as I've read the Bible, there's one thing that has become crystal clear to me. Every time God does spiritual renewal, every time He renews His people... Uh, One of the calls that you hear from God is a call to return. In other words, uh, renewal is a returning experience. Renewal is an experience where we return to God and meet Him in a new way. So the first week in this series we've said renewal is to return to God. Last week we said renewal is to return to spiritual relationships. These are two parts of renewal. By my count, as I read scripture, there are four parts to renewal. Every time God does renewal, he calls his people to return to four things. We said return to God, return to spiritual relationships. And then uh, we said this last week, if you return to part of what God is doing, you'll only have part of what God wants for you. So so the idea in renewal is you have to return to all all that he wants for you. So this morning, we're going to talk about returning to the Christian life now uh, when I was in uh, middle school and high school I played basketball that was kinda my pastime so I played for our our middle school and our high school team Uh, and and uh, I was one of those kids that loved to play uh, but I didn't like to practice how many of you do any sports like that was your thing i really like if you could just schedule like 80 games And we never practice. Like we could meet 15 minutes before the game and decide what we're going to do. Okay, now you go there. You pass. Well, we're going to do second half. I don't know. We don't have time. Let's just go. Go do your best. Like that's sports to me. I I would love to play nothing but games. Hey, do your best. Try your hardest. And then let's go home. Right? Let's go eat pizza and have fun and hand out trophies or whatever. I hated to practice. Uh, I, I really didn't care if I got any better. I just wanted to play hard. Like I wanted to play in the game and I wanted to play hard and I wanted to be tired when it was over and I wanted to win every game. But I didn't want to practice. It just wasn't interesting to me. And I can remember we, we had this uh, for about four of those years. I had this crazy coach. Man, he would, he would work us to death. He would build our muscles and build our legs and build our respiratory system and build us up so in the fourth quarter we wouldn't get tired and we wouldn't you know, wear out and all that. I can remember one practice he had us in uh, he would say, All right, I need you to take 100 shots from every spot around the paint. And I thought, Oh, I don't want to take 100 shots ever unless I get points for it. I don't want to be here and do this. Uh, we used to do one practice, he got mad at us about something. We did suicides. And so the way that works is, is you run to a line, come back, run to another line, come back, run to half court, come back, run and go this thing all the way down and all the way back. And he timed us. He said, No, that's not fast enough. Do it again. No, that's not fast enough. Do it again. No, that's not fast enough. And when he got us, like, screaming fast, he said, all right, we're going to run 100 of those, and every one of them that's not under this time, you do again. And I thought, oh, I hate practice. I just hate it. Can you imagine if you were there watching uh, what happened in the national championship? Can you imagine if when the regular season was over and, and Alabama won the SEC and Clemson won the ACC, can you imagine what would happen if they stopped practicing, one of the teams stopped practicing and just showed up at the national championship, how many of you think it would have been a close game? No, it would have been an absolute annihilation. One of the teams would have absolutely murdered the other team. Why? Because you can only get better if you practice. You can't get better if you only play the game. Now, if all you do is play the game, you can get a little better if you play enough of them But you'll never be a true football player or basketball player or baseball player unless you practice. Now an athlete that only plays in the game but doesn't practice is kind of like a Christian who worships on Sunday but doesn't live the Christian life. Living the Christian life is practice. That's what we do. We practice. Living the Christian life isn't just about doing the right things and not doing the wrong things. Living the Christian life is about knowing God. And watch this. It has everything to do with renewal. Renewal is returning to the Christian life or returning to practice. Look at Hosea chapter 6. We've looked at this this, uh, verse, this passage, every week. And we're going to look at it again next week one more time. So, uh... Just like when the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, I want to bring renewal. I'm going to bring renewal. Thousands of years ago, God said to the prophet Hosea, I'm going to bring renewal to Israel. And when he said that, this was the passage that gave the vision on what that renewal would look like. So look along with me in Hosea 6. Come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces, but he will heal us. He has injured us, but He will bind up our wounds. After two days, He will revive us. On the third day, He will restore us that we may live in His presence. So we said the last couple weeks, that's returning to God and returning to spiritual relationships. Now look at verse 3. Let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge Him. Acknowledge in the Hebrew is the word yada. Let us acknowledge Him. Let us yada Him. Let us... Acknowledge God. Now, it's a very different word in Hebrew than how we use it in English. This doesn't even seem like a great translation to me from the Hebrew word. But if you look at the English word, the English word means to accept or admit the existence or truth of. So when I acknowledge something, I, I, I tip my hat to it. I acknowledge it. I I make some response and I know it's there. You know, we call that, uh, uh, if you get an email, I acknowledge that I received your email. I acknowledge that. I acknowledge your comment. I hear you. It's kind of like saying, I hear you, but I got no response. Acknowledge, in in the way we use it in English, is almost a reserved or a guarded way to engage. I hear you. I understand. But I'm, I'm holding my cards close. I acknowledge, I receive, but I'm not really involved. I haven't really participated. That's not at all what the Hebrew word means. In Hebrew, the word yada. let me show you some ways it's used in the Old Testament. It's used to mean distinguishing between good and evil. So someone can yada the difference in good and evil. An in intimate acquaintance in sexual intercourse when the Bible says that Adam knew his wife Eve it says Adam yada Eve he knew her knowing by experience so in the Old Testament knowledge is very different it's very different than the New Testament and it's very different than the way we use it today it means experience it doesn't mean to think about something and it's not an emotional high it means you know it because you've experienced it yourself so look you don't have to say to a person who's been forgiven by God for, for grotesque or painful or dark or broken sin, you don't have to say to them, do, do you know that God forgives? They say, yes, I know that God forgives. I know that God forgives because God has, I, I, I yada that God forgives because God has forgiven me. You don't have to convince a person who's been physically healed by God that God heals. They say, I yada that God heals because God has healed me. You don't have to convince a person who said, supernatural provision by God. I Yadah that God provides for me because he's provided for me. I've experienced it. This isn't in a book. This isn't doctrine. This isn't theology written in the sky somewhere. I met Jesus in this moment, and I understand. I have experienced it myself. That's yada. So this morning, let me give you, if you, if you uh, are taking notes, uh, let me give you three thoughts About returning to the Christian life. And then then I'm going to give you uh, quickly three ways we can do it. Number one. The Christian life is a life of knowing God. To yada, God, is to know God. Is to know Him. Not acknowledge. Not I hear you. I see you. I understand, check the box. No, it is to fully engage. It is to know God. Knowing God is to respond to Him and interact with Him, to become like Him, not just learn about Him. Uh, Too too many times in American Christianity, we've thought that, that knowing God is knowing knowledge about God. Knowing God is not knowing things about God. Knowing God is experiencing the person of Jesus Christ. That's what... That's what knowing God is about. Now, let me say it this way. It is engaging all that God is with all that I am. Now, how do we do that? John chapter 118 says that no one has ever seen God. How do I know someone that I cannot see? How do I know someone? You know, we have a lot of phrases in our culture we say, uh, seeing is believing. We even have an entire state Dedicated to it on the license plate of Missouri. You can see anybody from Missouri here. Anybody Missourians you can see show me the show me state. Show me. Seeing is believing. I'll believe it when I see it. If we can't see God how can we know God. Well we know God through Jesus Christ. First John 2 4 says it this way. Whoever says I know him but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in him. This is how we know we're in him. Now here's the important verse. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Anyone who claims to know God must live as as Jesus did. So this verse in Hosea says, we acknowledge God and we press on to acknowledge Him in even greater ways. How do we do that? We must live as Jesus did. So the Christian life is knowing God. Here's the second thing. The Christian life is living like Jesus. The Christian life is living like Jesus. Now we know God through the Scriptures and a a, a fundamental part of Christianity will tell you we only know God through scripture but we don't know God through scripture alone we also know God through living the Christian life we call it practice you know God through practicing the Christian life So, so how does that look inside the church? well we believe God heals because we practice praying for people's healing it's funny Churches who don't pray for sick people don't believe God heals. Now the question is, do they not believe God doesn't heal? Do do they not pray for people who are sick because they don't believe God heals? Or do they not believe God heals because they don't pray for people who are sick? So the practice shapes your belief. We believe this morning, as Jeremy led worship, he said, Hey, we enter this conversation with God. We believe that God is present with us, so we practice worshiping. We raise our hands, we sing, we close our eyes, we we meditate, we contemplate, we think, we say things out loud, we pray. Why do we do that? Because we believe God is present and we practice that reality. We believe God talks to us when we pray, so we practice prayer. Now watch this. What if we stopped practicing those things? What would happen? I bet we'd stop believing them. I bet if you stopped worshiping, your your faith would shrink on whether God was present or not. I bet if you stopped praying, your faith would shrink on whether God hears prayer or not. I bet if you stopped praying for sick people, your faith would shrink on whether God heals sick people or not. Because we are... We are strengthened. We come to know God through what we practice. We come to know God through what we do. What does that mean? We come to know God as we practice Jesus' life. Why are we doing a fast right now? Because Jesus did one. Why are we doing a season of prayer? Because Jesus did them. Why tonight at 5.30 are we going to gather in this room and pray for freedom and healing? Because Jesus proclaimed freedom and healing. We're trying to practice the Christian life. And as we practice it, we, watch, we yada God through our practice. So the Christian life is living like Jesus. Now here's the last one. The Christian life, and this is the deepest one. Hold hold on, stay with me. This is the deepest reality I will give you in the entire month and the entire series. This is absolutely what it's all about. The third one is the Christian life is God's plan for all of us. That sounds like duh, like simple, like I already knew that. Listen to this God has a goal, and He has an agenda, and He has a plan, and it's bigger than just. Having a relationship with you. Now, watch. We talk about it all the time. I talk about it all the time. God loves you and wants to have a relationship with you. He doesn't just want you to have a salvation experience, He wants to have an ongoing relationship with you. But there is something higher, there is something bigger. There is an agenda that God is after in that relationship. There is something that he is working on underneath the current all the time that means more to him than just a relationship. He wants to be with you, but he doesn't want to leave you the way that you are. He wants you to be like Jesus. Every whisper, every opportunity... Every test, every trial, every temptation, every moment, every opportunity, everything that comes in your life, God is using. You know the verse in Romans 8? All things work together for the good of those that love God. What is the good of those? What is the good? The good is that you become like Jesus. God is taking bad things and good things and neutral things and high things and low things and small things and big things and painful things and joyful things, and he's bringing them together to compress around your life and mine that we might be like Jesus. That's the deal. That's the agenda. That's the plan. So let's think, how might that work out? God's not content just having a relationship with you where, where, where you feel like equals. Like, we're not equal in this relationship. You know, sometimes we kind of have that approach to God. Well, you know, God and I don't see eye to eye on everything. You know, God and I don't always agree. Uh, 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 God and I, we're going to disagree on some things. I, I want to say it like this. God does not want a relationship with you where you don't change. He's not interested in that. He does not want a relationship with you where you never change. We sang it this morning and we clapped and we said it out loud. He never changes. Thank God. But he wants you and I to always change. Until we fit the footprint that his son left when he walked on the earth. And then his work is done. Well, we know that won't be till heaven, but he's working on it. And how does, he, how does he work on it? He wants a relationship with you and I where we become more like Christ. So let me give you three questions this morning. And they all three have the same answer. They have one answer. And the answer is the same for all three questions. How did Jesus live? How does God make us Christ-like? How do we practice the Christian life? Now, this is, this is right at it. How did Jesus live? How does God make us Christ-like? How do we practice the Christian life? Matthew 20, 28 tells us, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. How did Jesus live? Serving. How does God make us Christ-like? Serving. How do we practice the Christian life? In serving. When we're saved, when you and I become Christians, our potential is changed. You and I have the potential to be like Jesus. We didn't have it before. You and I do not have the potential to be like God ever until we meet Him and are forgiven and are set in relationship with Him. But when we are, we have the potential to be like Jesus. But Jesus' likeness is not given to you and I, just the potential of it. We have to grow. We have to rise. We have to go through a process of serving. Just like an athlete who wouldn't get any better if he, if he only played games, no Christian is going to become more like Jesus just by attending church services. If you just attend the services, you're just playing the games. I'm not saying you're playing a game. I'm not saying you take your faith lightly. I'm saying you're not practicing. And the only way to become like him is to practice. I was thinking this weekend back about my own, my own years of uh, coming to faith, coming to Jesus. When I was 15, I prayed and received Christ. When I was 16, um, I, later in my 16th year, I started to feel some kind of call to ministry, and I was thinking through all the crazy things that I did that I thought, why did I do that? And, and I wasn't good at most of them, <laughs> but I did it. I, 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 I can remember uh, when I was a teenager, I, uh, I worked kind of uh, on some construction and maintenance and stuff in our local, I went to a Christian school, and they let me work there for the summer, and I painted rooms or stuff. Uh, if you know, I'm not great with my hands. Like, I can do two or three things, but like nothing else. And I don't know what I was doing or what I was thinking. I was knocking holes in the wall, putting you know industrial-sized fans in the end of the gym. I worked on a four and a half-story uh, scaffolding in the gym. You know, redid insulation, did all kind of crazy stuff. I, I sang in the choir, uh, and if you've heard me sing, you know that's a bad idea. I even took it a step further. I sang a solo. I played the harmonica one time on the worship team. I don't even know why. I just woke up from a bad dream, and I was there playing a harmonica. I I don't know what I was doing. Might as well have the kazoo. It would have sounded better. I I youth pastored for a while when I was a teenager. I was about 19. Uh, I taught children's classes. If you know anything about me, you know, kids run. And uh, I I sang in the choir. I preached in chapel at my high school. Um, I led prayer. I sang a solo one time. I don't know why. Uh, I led Bible studies. And and you know, here's the thing though. I wasn't good at most of that stuff. But you know what was... I don't know how I kept finding myself in those situations. But you know what was awesome about it? God kept luring me, coaxing me, tricking me. Hey, look over here. Inviting me into places of serving... And as he did it, there was an explosion of spiritual growth inside my life. As I practiced, as I got uncomfortable, as I got out of my comfort zone, as I got out of my pew, as I started moving and started doing stuff and started practicing something phenomenal. And I look back on those years, and they were clumsy and goofy, and I wouldn't trade one of them for a a bar of gold. They changed my inner man and my inner life and my life my spiritual life took off because I was practicing the Christian life I wasn't just playing in the game you can be inspired and you can be touched and you can meet God but your inspiration is going to cool off your renewal is going to die off if you don't practice the Christian life So we think about it maybe uh, like a stagnated pool. Maybe maybe you've heard this before. Like a pool, you can pour, this is what God does in real He's pouring fresh water in. He's pouring beautiful, clean, living, abundant, vibrant, fresh water into our soul. Pouring it in and pouring it in and pouring it in and pouring it in. And if it never flows out, it will set up like an old pond. And it will grow fungus and algae. And that renewal that came so fresh at the beginning that flowed into our life, if it doesn't flow out somewhere, see, God can only change your character. He can only change your core as He flows through you, not just into you. He has to flow through you. And when He flows through you, no matter how pretty it looks, as He flows through you, that's what brings the deep change. That's where you get to Yadah God. Not just where he flows in, but where he flows through. That's how I Yadah God. That's how I engage all of I am with all that he is, is I get to know him. Because I flow with him. I see how he does things, and sometimes more importantly, how he doesn't do things. And I learn, and I grow, and I stretch, and I become more Christ-like, God is pouring renewal into our church it's got to come out if it doesn't come out it will will sour and it will set up and, and and it will lose its freshness, so how do you practice the Christian life? three quick thoughts, here's the first one find your gift find your gift Usually, in the local church scene, maybe like like me, we serve where we're needed or, or we serve where the loudest noise comes from or we serve where a friend of ours serves. I'm going to give you a different way to think about it. Let me just suggest, why don't you start by finding where God gifted you? Start thinking about where do i practice the christian life practice the christian life where god gifted you that will be not only your greatest place of fruitfulness it will be your greatest place of change first peter chapter 4:10 says each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of god's grace in its various forms look when i when i was young i we didn't have a lot of development in my family in terms of our own individuality, our strengths, our weaknesses. I didn't know any of that stuff. And so for years it felt to me like I don't, I don't have any gifts. What are you good at? Nothing. Like I'm, like I'm swinging away to be average at some things. And there's other things I don't make average. I'm not good at anything. You know what I learned? I learned that my thinking was wrong and God's word was right. And here's what 1 Peter says. Each of you should use whatever gift you've received. Every body in this room, has a God-given gift. Everybody, everybody in this room has a God-given gift that He's intended to be used in the role He has for you in the kingdom. And that will bring great change. Now here's the question, and look, this this might not mean anything to you, but in a few minutes when this service is over, I'm going to feel a lot better just by saying this out loud. I've wondered for years, why would God give you or I a gift? Why would He give us a gift? Why do you even have one? Why do you have more than one? Why do you have gifts at all? Why does God include us in His work? I've said it. I've said it to you. It's a mystery to me. Why does God even include us? Why does God even want us inside the work? I think as I work through this renewal, I began to understand the heart of God. If I were God... I can tell you how I do it. I just bypass everybody and do it myself. Anybody else? If you want it done right, do it yourself. I would just tell all the Christians in the world, you sit over there and watch. God is here and God's going to do it. I don't need you. Where were you at when I created the world? Where were you at when I put the stars in the sky? Where were you at? On and on and on. Where were you? I just say forget it and move out of the way. Now watch. Thank God... I'm not God. Because here's the thing. If I were God, I'd do it because I know how people like me are. I get confused and I get frustrated and I work on the wrong thing at the wrong time and I say the wrong thing at the same the wrong time and I, and I get confused about what God wants me to do and it takes me too long and I think too hard about it and I, and I mess up and if I were God, I'd just pass up people like me altogether. He doesn't do that. The reason you have a gift Is because it's the only way he can make you like him. How else does he make you like him? He put gifts in you to lure you into serving. To encourage you to practice the Christian life and use your gift. And by practicing the Christian life you become more like him. You get off the bench, you get into the game, you start to practice, you start to strengthen your muscle, you start to improve, you start to transform inside. How else does he make you and I like him other than involving us in the process? Be a lot more effective if God just did it without us. He could do it by himself, but if he did, we would never change. We would be a cosmic audience. Isn't God good? God is so good. I'm glad that God's doing all this all by himself. And we would be that thin. But what God does is He says, no, 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 no. Let me tell you how important that you are to me. I put gifts inside you because I love you. I put a hook in your soul to reel you in to Christ-likeness, to make you come closer to Jesus, to live Jesus' life, that you might practice the Christian life and that you might become transformed inside your soul. I guarantee you some of the godliest people, or I'll say it this way, some of the godliest people that I know are missionaries. I'm not saying every missionary is godly. I'm saying some of the godliest people I know on earth happen to all be missionaries. Why? Because they are practicing the Christian life on such an intense level that it causes a revolution in their soul. They are engaged, mind, heart, body, schedule, day, gift, everything they've got. They've thrown everything they've got at God. And when you engage all that you are with all that God is, you yada God. You come to know Him. You know His ways. You know His face. You know His heart. You know His mind. You know His thoughts. You know His approach. You know His intentions. I want you to think for a minute for the godliest people that you know. The people that you know who are most like Jesus, I guarantee you they all have one thing in common. They practice the Christian life by serving. They are servants. They serve with their gift. They know their gift. They use their gift. And they serve with it. And that serving has caused quite a change. So. Find your gift. Here's the second thing. How do we practice? Use your gift for God's purposes. Now, this matters because we get out there, kind of like I described that I did when I was a teenager, and we don't know what we're doing. (laughs) You get to an age in life that you only want to do things you know how to do. But what if God has gifted you for something you haven't used that gift before? Everybody starts there in Christianity. Everybody starts with a gift that hadn't been used yet. So it doesn't matter your age. It matters your gift. And you have to use that gift. And when you first get out there in it, you don't know what you're doing. And watch this. You have no choice but to depend on God. And God says, finally. This is what I've wanted all along. I've not wanted an expert. I've wanted a shapeless Wad of clay that I could mold into my image, but I can't mold you until you get up on the wheel. I can't do what I want to do until you get up on the wheel. And so finally, we've given God what He wants. Uh, The verse we read a minute ago says, Faithful stewards of God's grace, use your gifts for God's purposes. Hollywood and the entertainment industry and the sports industry is filled with people that use their gifts for their purposes. Now, there are exceptions. But by and large, those superstar people use their gifts for their purposes or their agent's purposes or somebody else's purposes. And it usually doesn't end well. But 1 Peter 4 says, be a faithful steward of God's grace when you use the gifts that God has given you for His purposes, things start to dynamically change in our heart and life. So here's the, um, here's the last thing. You Find your gift, use your gift, serve like Jesus. Serve like Jesus. Live like Jesus and you will yada God you will experience him when you practice his life in your life when you start working on what Jesus is working on something dynamic happens in your life and that renewal that is flowing in begins to flow out and your renewal is refreshed like the the water cycle The, the, the clouds gather they drop rain on the earth the rain replenishes the earth The sun evaporates the water, and it happens all over again. And that's the same renewal cycle that God put in creation. He put in spiritual creation. When when we let out and let flow out the renewal that God's putting in, more fills it. Another wave of renewal comes. Now, how do you know you're experiencing renewal? We've said this uh, each week. We said, you know you're experiencing renewal when your relationship with God becomes more important to you than it was before. You know you're experiencing renewal when your spiritual relationships become more important to you than they were before. And today I just want to say, you know you're experiencing renewal when your life starts to look more like Jesus' life. That's how you know, that's how you know His work is happening. You can't just have if you just engage one part of what God wants you're only gonna have part of what God wants to do in you you have to engage all that he is with all that you are and then dynamic change happens so that brings us to um, the card that I had the ushers hand to you and that we put inside your bulletin A, a couple years ago we started a series that we call live streams, and the reason that we started it, uh, really, one simple reason. Uh, that is to help you live the Christian life. We started these four classes to say, "Let us help every person in Kingwood Church live the Christian life." So uh, last fall. We had a lady uh, that went through this, these seminars that had been at Kingwood for 15 years. And she went through and she said, I wish I would have done this before. I've been at Kingwood for a long, long time. But I had no idea the impact that this had on my life. And I'm glad that I did it. And so we've heard those stories over and over and over. If it's your first Sunday at Kingwood, you can go. If you've been here 15 years, you can go it doesn't matter how long you've been at Kingwood but here's the thing that we do in in 301 in the grow class we help you find your spiritual gifts now that's critical because that gives you the place that I've said this morning that I think that you ought to start get a general idea of what you think God gifted you to do and start start practicing Go, go to the gym when nobody's there. Go to the field when everybody turn the lights off. And practice. Live the Christian life. That's what renewal is. Renewal is living the Christian life. So here's what I want to ask you to do. You can see, I think, we've got it on the overhead too. Uh, if you don't want to use this or maybe you forget and then remember later, you can hit the grow button. And the grow button will take you to a very similar place that's on here but here's what I want to ask you to do before we pray today I want to ask you to consider if you've never been or let me say it this way we've changed this quite a bit in the last year and a half if you haven't been in the last year and a half I want to encourage you to go we, have, uh, we offer all four of these in February again in March again in April so there's three opportunities this spring and you can look there and sign up for February or March or April. If you miss one of them and you say, I'd make all three of of them in February, you can come back in March or April and get the one you missed. We, We try to make it as easy as we possibly can make it. So, because we believe in it. We believe in helping people, equipping people, live the Christian life and find the place God made you, gifted you, to be in the kingdom. What is your role in the kingdom? So, I'm going to ask you uh, if you say, I need to do that. I just want you to fill it out. When we leave service this morning, our ushers are going to be at the door holding a a bucket. And if you'll just put it in the bucket on your way out the door. If for some reason you miss an usher, you can put it uh, at the Welcome Center and we'll get it. But we'd love to see you uh, in February or March or April in live streams classes. Now, let's pray this morning before we leave. Would you just stand with me? I want to ask our prayer team to come and I want to pray with you. This morning, if you're here, here's what I know that happens in our hearts sometimes God stirs us, but we don't know what it means. God makes us uncomfortable, or he gives us a passion, or he makes us urgent, but we don't know exactly what he's doing, but we know he's stirring inside of us. Maybe you felt an urge uh, to serve, to, to be used by God, to be, to find your role, to have a place of significance in the kingdom, and you just don't know what to do with it, you don't know where to start. I know that you're in the room, because when the Holy Spirit said six months ago to me I'm doing renewal that's part of what renewal is so there are some of you here this morning that you just feel that maybe undefinable sense that I, I know I feel this urge that God wants me to do something or that there's more and I don't know what to do with it I just want you to pray this morning that's all I want to invite you in just a minute just to come to one of our prayer team and say would you just pray for me that God would help me to find and to define what he's doing